At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, it is an earnings palooza if there ever was one today. So we're going we're gonna to cover as many. We're going to try to do as few tangents as possible, cover all these earnings in depth. We'll cover Apple in depth with our first guest at 8.15. Uh, we've got Piper uh, Sandler, Harsh Kumar. He's a senior research analyst. He's, he's the one who covers Apple at Piper Sandler. So he'll be on at 8.15. We'll cover earnings. We'll cover more earnings. We'll, we'll have Jason Rasnick on at 8.45 to wrap up the week, but a lot to get to on the show. Uh, Joel, I'll throw it to you just real fast right now. How are we doing overnight? And then let's get right to these reports. Throw it to you, Joel. After you unmute yourself. There can go. you hear me? We can. Oh, boy. What a wild overnight session. It actually started uh, right at 4 o'clock. Pre-market low, 50 handles lower than here, folks. 32.26 is where we got down to. Uh, We'd been talking about that 3,200 level. Didn't quite get there. Now we've rallied all the way back. And the last couple after hours closes, and I'm talking right at 5 p.m. We've been right here, right at 32.75. Pre-market high, 90.75. We're just... This is just a tough range, folks. Uh, crude, crude's down by 14 cents, trying to find support here at the $36 level at 36.03. Gold trying to get back over 1900. That's up 1120 at 1879.20. Silver in the red by 30 cents at 23.66. And uh, Bitcoin just kind of hanging nicely here in the 13,000 handle, down $235 at 13. Thousand five hundred and forty-five triple D. I I rarely, really, rarely send you trading advice, but last night I said, "Be careful," and I'm sure you were. Tough night. It was what tough. a night. It, for for an index arbor is almost impossible because you had so much influence from the big guns. It's like you start seeing you start started seeing the IWM tank. Because you saw Amazon rip on the initial headline, you saw Google rip and stayed rip on the initial headline, and there was so much rotation happening. It's like, oh, they're buying tech. This was the first five minutes. They're buying tech, and they're going to sell non-tech. And then the trade reversed, and then the tech trade started to come off, and Amazon tanked, and Apple came out with their numbers, and they were no good. And then you saw tech tank, and you actually saw the IWM start to rally. So the rotation was very, very clear last night. It was incredible to watch, actually, the rotation. I knew this from last quarter. We didn't have all four reported on the same day, but, but I think we had three of them. And I think it was actually Microsoft, which might have been on the same day as Amazon last quarter. But um, I was kind of prepared that I knew it was going to be a lot of funny stuff, a lot of weird trading because of the index going index are, that's happening uh, and so much influence from those big guns. So... I laid low to a certain extent, didn't get too big, didn't get too crazy, uh, but it was wild. Everything was wild. The futures were wild, wild. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so we'll let uh, spend. We got two guests on today, so it's no tangent Friday. We promise. Uh, so yeah, we'll we let, don't promise anything. We'll let we'll let uh, we'll let Spencer, our we, able producer, uh, take the reins here. We promise no tangents for the next two minutes. All right. Uh, Amazon. Let's start with Amazon here. Uh, yeah. They, they absolutely blew it away. Joel and I yeah. were on uh, the afternoon show and when, when they were reported and just. EPS just blew it out of the water. $12.37 was their earnings per share last quarter versus a $7.41 estimate. Sales of $96 billion versus $92 billion. Q4 sales guidance also higher than estimates. Uh, what else did they say? I mean, the AWS, I guess the uh, the revenue growth there was, was slowing, which is their primary revenue driver. Uh, but and this surprised me as well. A- Amazon said they have now more than a million employees. A million employees—that's a lot of people. An incredible-sized anyway. company. Yeah, that re- that report, Spencer, is just phenomenal, and it shows how disconnected this market really is from fundamentals. I mean, it doesn't care. It doesn't know what to do. You see them rip off stocks, you know, that aren't even making money, like Tupperware, you know, that are and. <laughs> And, you know, hog, you know, because, oh, they beat this low, low bar. And then you've got this super high bar for Amazon. And somehow they like they sky high, you know, parasailed over the super high bar and the market still doesn't care and finds a reason to sell it off. So this market, if you're sitting there and analyzing numbers, analyzing fundamental numbers and trying to get a trading idea off of it, you're doing it wrong. Analyzing numbers is for long term investing. And that's why I stay invested in Amazon because this company is just awesome. But for trading, it doesn't even matter. It's all about sentiment coming in. I'm going to tell you a crazy story on Twitter last night, too, to tell you how much the fundamentals mean nothing in short-term trading. Um, But Amazon, the numbers were incredible. The stock really should be a lot higher, but it doesn't matter because this market just does whatever the hell it wants. Stocks go wherever they want right now. They're completely disconnected from fundamentals. So... Amazon blows it away, making too much money. You know, it's the making too much money problem. They don't like companies that make too much money. Uh, you got to pop up to thirty three twenty, and and I I think I've been pretty consistent. It got up on to thirty three twenty on the numbers, so which was right. For, you know, you think about that, and I'm long Amazon the long term portfolio, but that's kind of you know fair. I mean, they blew it away. It should have been up a hundred points, and they're like, no, no, we we thought more. We maybe the bar should have been higher. And they pull the rug out from under it. And they just try to punish the maximum amount of participants. I mean, that news algo that's training the headlines numbers, they got to stop running that. Because I don't know if they make money. Like, maybe they make money on the ones that we don't look at. Maybe it's selective perception on our part. But holy mackerel, these opening candles are just dumb sometimes. And it's the algos. You know, they, like, see this huge beat. They're like, bye, 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 bye. And then there's no buyers. And then there's an empty book below them because they just took out the whole book. So then a couple sellers come in and it's like, boom, it tanks into nothing. I mean, that's what, you know, people don't understand too. It's like book pressure, right? You take out the whole book after hours book. There's nothing in there now. <laughs> so one person wants to sell and they're like, well, there's no bids. So it takes time to fill up, but it's crazy. Trading so crazy that a couple sellers, you can, t- you can have, you know, people, you know, buying everything in the book, like thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of shares. And then a couple thousand shares can knock it back down because the book's empty for the, that moment. You know, and that's, you know, and that, that's the difficulty, you know, when you're just lifting offers because you're lifting everything and then there's nothing below you because you just took it all out. So there's nothing anywhere now until, you know, you get to your point. But you know, anyways, exactly. no tangent Friday didn't last very long. Uh, you know, you know, I'm not great on uh, on high price stocks here, but I just I'm looking at this. This called 3100 to 3300. I, I don't think you're going anywhere far north until you clear 3,300. You actually got to 3,320 in the pre-mark after hours. And on the downside, 3,100. I mean, if you look at that, those two lines, the stock is traded a lot of stock within that range. Yeah, you were below 3,100 a little bit, but that was bought up and you were above it. So I'm looking at that. I think anywhere in between, you're kind of throwing darts uh, but I wouldn't get real concerned about a long until you press under 3,100 and I wouldn't look for that old time high. I, mean, I just can't believe it's in the red on those kind of numbers, but there's a quick look at Amazon. Doesn't matter. Numbers are meaningless. And let's go to the Twitter report here, Spencer, and I'll show you how much meaningless numbers are. Go ahead. 
they'll they'll find a reason you know oh why it's down 16 percent. but for the same reason pinterest was up 30 percent yesterday twitter down 16 percent. i mean they're just shadow writers are not doing good tonight <laughs> or in the last you know a little bit i guess maybe on amazon they were but certain stocks are getting smacked around Give us the numbers for Twitter. So Twitter, the headline number is the EPS, uh, slight, slight miss, sales beat mix there. Uh, and then I will add that, Dennis, before you get to your point as to why the stock is down, uh, which you're probably you're you're probably right because you're watching the tape. Oh, I, yeah. I would just add that their daily active users numbers, uh, while growing year over year, uh, did come in below the estimate there. So this is monetizable daily active users, 187 million versus 195 million estimate. Uh, so that's up year over year, up by about 40 million year over year, up by a tick quarter over quarter, but down from what the analysts were expecting. Now, that being said, Dennis, the stock did pop on the earnings report. It, it tried to pop for the first yeah. couple minutes. So it wasn't just like the initial headline algo. It actually chopped around because I was getting down and dirty and trading it. Um, so it comes out the numbers, first of all, let's just set up, you know, set up the whole scenario here. Pinterest reported the night before and they absolutely, you know, blew it away. And we know the stock went up 30% and Twitter ran 7% on the Pinterest number. So the expectations for Twitter were super high and they did not get over that super high bar. So I think it should be down. I do agree. I think it should be down. Should be down 16%. I think it's an overshoot, but that's what this market likes to do. It likes to overshoot because it takes no prisoners and doesn't, you know, ask questions. It just hits. So what happened last night with the trading action was even on those headline numbers, they tried to bring it higher. So it went up, it went up initially, and there was this huge seller, a hundred thousand shares perched at 54. There was a hundred thousand shares. That's a huge order. There's actually a hundred thousand share bidder down at 44 right now too on Twitter. So maybe it's the same person that was trying to sell at 54, trying to recover at 44. But um, they're sitting there perched at $54 for a hundred thousand shares. The book's empty because nobody's sitting out there except for this hundred thousand share order. And I'm like looking at that. I was like, there's no way they can take that out. Is there? So anyways, it, it hit it a couple, it lifted it a couple times, just pecked away at it. And then it tanked down to 50. This is all in like the first 30 seconds. And then it came all the way back up. And I'm like, I had saw the order by this time. So I shorted a 53.80 um, in front of the 54. Because I was like, I don't think there's no way it can go through the 54. So it's just too big. The offer is too big. There's just not, you know, it's all 100 and 500. It's 100,000 shares. It's going to take an institution to take that out. And there was no big institution trading it. So it tried to peck away at it a little bit again. And then it's like, okay, no, we tried twice. We can't take that out. Let's tank the stock. And then they took it down 53, 52, 51, 50 in the next like two minutes. And then it just continued to leak after that. And then the media got a hold of it. And they're like, oh, they don't like the Twitter numbers because they see it trading down and they just justify price with fundamentals. But the reason it could not pop, it wanted to, was that 54 seller. Now, I'm not saying it should have been up there because, like I said, it didn't get over the high bar, which is why I was more willing to short it as well. But I mean, this $54 seller, holy mackerel, like throwing out 100,000. That's like we talk about the goalie in hockey. That's like throwing the Patrick Wah pads on and stacking. There's no, there's no way they were getting through that unless an institution order came in. And then it would have been at 57 in a heartbeat. So, you know, I was a little bit nervous shorting in front of it, but I just did not think that they could take it out. The 50 good old fashioned order. Uh, first of all, full disclosure, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with this stock yesterday. I just, I don't know, 50 bucks. I can't believe you sold it. I still held it in the long-term investment account. I should have I, I, sold I mean, that one too. I'm in shock. I shorted it in my trading account, but it's still in my retirement account. Now, so I, I'm like, so now I, 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 I screwed on that long-term one. It's down 16%. I just gave back half my gains. Why didn't you tell me you were selling? I said on the show yesterday, I kind of wanted to sell it, but I'm like, Joel's holding, I'm holding. And then you sold it. You should have texted me and say, no, nah, I'm not taking it through the number. I wanted to sell it because I was nervous they weren't going to get over the Pinterest bar. And then I didn't. Uh, it, it just, I don't know. I, I'm just tired of it. And I was I'm tired. tired of it. I, I'm tired of it lower. <laughs> you know, it was lower. It took some heat. And I just, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm moving on. Now I'm just tired talk. of making money. I'm, I'm, I could talk freely about it. I I just don't like when stocks go up and other companies' numbers. You know, sometimes it's good, some and all this like litigation that's going on. And uh, you know, what if Trump's out? You know, I mean, Trump's been pumping that thing. So 
I don't know. And and I'm not looking to rebuy this one, so it, don't ask me. When this I'm is an argument it. for holding because Joel complained about this stock all through 2016 and 2017. He complained about it constantly, and he ended up making money on it. <laughs> yeah, because I was getting lit up on uh, <laughs> at some option trades. I just said, forget it, go long term. But anyways, if I look for the big boy out there. If someone's slinging 100K, I'm, I'm a penny above them or two pennies above them. Uh, 43 is your pre-market low. I mean, that blocker. Can you believe somebody threw a hundred thou out there? Maybe it's a long term institution. They were just, it could have been an order that's been sitting out there a long time, but you don't see orders like that anymore. Not an after hours on a number. There was like, and the same, for the same reason, look right now. And there, but the thing is we've been down here for a while with the 44 and we've been through it. Somebody's bidding a hundred thousand shares right now in the pre-market of 44. So I don't know. They like the 44, the 34, the 54, uh, but they've been sitting there and they, they just got taken out. They just <laughs> traded it out. The Twitter, the 44. I'm looking right. It went so fast, Joel. Yeah. 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 It went so fast. Unless it canceled. No, it took it out. One mighty blow. Somebody's just at 90,000, 88,000 shares. See, they that's go, Bang, you got them. How much money is that? Somebody just hit 88,000 shares. That's an institution, obviously. 88,000. We'll that's do the quick uh, math. 88,000. I have to do the calculator times 44. They just had $3.8 million worth of Twitter right there. 4 million bucks. Boom. God. Four million. See, that's bucks. when you're leaning on them and they go like that. That makes it. Oh, yeah. Stop. And you're screwed. <laughs> I got last night when I leaned on that offer, I was a little bit like, I don't watch. I'm going to miss this for sure. I'm thinking to myself. So I got to come and go scoop 100,000. But I was like looking at it. I didn't really get it while I was up too. So I kind of had the numbers. Cause I just saw the headline numbers. Like, I didn't think it was that great. I'm like, it's trading up and I got an offer to lean on. I mean, it was a perfect setup for a short. You got an offer to lean on. You don't think the number's that great. And you don't think they can take out that offer. So obviously scalper blood in me. I cover way the hell too soon, but um, I didn't see it. I didn't see it falling 16% or I would have sold it out of my investment account. But anyways, it's, you know, those big orders, those big orders matter, man. When you see them out there. Yep, uh, pre-market low, I'm 43 bucks, maybe a little under that, 42.78. Now, what the problem is now is everyone that hit that, unless they were accenting along, they're just trying to scalp out of it, right? You know, hey, I'm going to take a quarter on 10,000 or whatever. So, you you know, probably have some bids in there. But pre-market low, 42.78. Paralos in the 42 handle, and then we will move on from Twitter. Paralos, 42.66. 42.59. So if in fact we can take out that pre-market low, don't get too carried away. A couple daily lows right there. Let's call it the 42.62 and a half. All right, let's go to Apple here and let's do it with our guest, Harsh Kumar. He's the senior yes. analyst at Piper Sound. They're joining us now. Uh, Harsh, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You're a little quiet. I'm bumping you up. All right, so Harsh uh, Apple, I'll give the numbers here, 73 cents versus 70 cents on the EPS. Sales also beat 64 versus $63 billion. Um, at a high level here, what were your th- it seemed like it was all mostly fine except for China. Yeah, so there were, there were two big issues. You, you hit the big one uh, on the head. So China in the September quarter last year, nine, uh, 2019, did about $11 billion. And then this quarter, that sales number fell to basically $8 billion, rounding it up. So $3 billion lost in China, and people were freaking out on the call. So the question is kind of what happened, right? Um, So there were two things. We ended up, we spoke to the CFO last night, and and basically the two big things are the Chinese consumers are very centric to the iPhone. So the moment the new iPhone was announced, and it was told that it's coming out, it's coming out mid-October, the Chinese consumer froze. Uh, Basically, you know, common sense. You wait for the new phone, you want to see it, you probably want to buy that. And so the iPhone, older iPhones, the 11s and the 10s, et cetera, all just stopped selling. Uh, Apple knew this, obviously. Uh, China is the most advanced country in terms of 5G infrastructure. Um, And so what Apple did was they knowingly reduced inventory in the distribution channel ahead of the 5G phone launch, thinking that they're going to send out a ton of phones. So that's what happened in China. But the initial data out of China is really good. We track independent data. That's really good. Um, you know, for whatever couple of weeks of data that they have out of China, um, the, the management suggests that, that things are going really well. They, you know, they just took a hit in September because of the pause ahead of the 5G phone launch. So that's what happened in China. Okay. What was the, the other high level thing? 
Yeah, the other high level thing that institutional investors are worried about, uh, the CFO made, a, the, the management made a comment that every category in September quarter grew double digits except iPhone, which is of course understandable because you're about to launch a big one and it's now falling into the October quarter. When they talked about the guidance, they said every category will again grow double digits in the December quarter with possible exception of iPhone. So again, there was a little bit of opaqueness, you know, maybe the iPhones quite won't grow double digits in the um, December quarter. Uh, so people didn't know how to take it. People thought maybe it's a demand issue, maybe it's a supply issue, whatever be the case, it's gonna hit the, um, the revenue side of the equation. Again, a little bit more clarity um, in the post call. And, and basically what ended up happening was um, that um, the, the timing of the iPhone is critical here. Um, the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro, um, they will lose about four weeks into the, into the December quarter because just because of the way that they're launching, they're coming out at the end of October. And with the mini and the max, they will lose about seven weeks of the quarter. The quarter is 12 weeks. Until you lose seven weeks, you lost half the quarter. You lose four weeks, you lost 25% of the quarter. And that's basically what's 30% of the quarter. That's basically what's going on. There is not enough time for Apple to make up for that lost time to be able to guide to a double digit number. Um, so they, they only had a week's worth of data um, and you know it's kind of early for them to go out and say things are fantastic. So they, they didn't say any of that. They just said so far the data looks good but they were kind of muted. And the street took that in a little bit of a wrong way. And that's both those things are weighing on the, on the stock this morning. We're on the line with Harsh Kumar. He's a senior research analyst at Piper Sandler joining us here on Benzinga's pre-market prep show. Um, I did see a tweet, but uh, I heard a mention on CNBC that over a year over year, uh, Apple's revenues are up 1% while the stock is up 92%. Uh, where's the happy, I mean, everyone talks about the valuation when this was trading at, you know, a P of 11, 12, and now it's up a little bit higher. Uh, you know, where do you see, you know, the valuation? I mean, there has to be a happy median between the two. Uh, where are you at on long-term valuation? Yeah, so the valuation has creeped up, but the valuation has creeped up for a lot of companies, right? The S&P is trading in the 20s, uh, up from the 16, 17 number historically. And then you look, take a look at a company like Apple, extremely profitable, extremely consistent brand franchise, almost almost like an industrial. I mean, it's like, you know, clockwork. They keep delivering numbers. The services business has 67, 68% gross margins. Um, new phone ramp is coming. All of that led Apple to basically have an accelerated. It's a good place to hide when there was turbulence. And then it led to a situation where um, basically people are going to that stock for consistency. You know, you, if you want to compare Apple, you almost have to compare to people like Amazon, which trade at absurdly high multiples compared to Apple. That's a different business. But those are kind of your peer group that, that you should be looking at. So I'm not too worried about the valuation relative to their performance. Um, in terms of the other question about 1% rise, again, um, you nailed it. It's timing. So you lost basically a whole bunch of iPhone revenue that would have hit typically you know, parts of September quarter, one or two weeks of the September quarter, all of that got shifted into the, into the December quarter. So the September quarter has literally no teeth. Despite that, Apple put up year over year growth. Apple put up double digit performance in every category except the iPhone. So it's a lot of timing stuff going on just given the launch of the 5G phone. But what I will tell you is 2021 will quite likely have two iPhone launches. They will have the iPhone launch for the 12 and more than likely Apple will go back to the cadence of September launches for 2021. So you might get a massive 2021 year if, uh, if Apple can have it. Uh, speaking of, of next year, Harsh, uh, what about the guidance or, or lack thereof for that matter? Uh, I don't think they gave guidance last October either uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, for their Q1. Um, but I'm considering it's, it's a holiday season, right? It's a holiday quarter, a uh, key quarter for sales. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I think, you know, uh, part of the problem there is uh, anytime you have retail stores and you are counting on people to come look at your products and be able to sell it, it becomes a little bit of a COVID type situation, right? So um, I, I made some rounds of the Apple stores here locally where I live. I had my associate in Chicago go down, check some out. 
And the issue is you can't actually go into those stores. So they, they basically block off the back of the store or even mid of the store. And there are people at the front and you can typically just only go get, pick up your products, you know, maybe see a few handful of things. There's really no display. There's really no like place for you to go check out stuff and fool around with it as, as, as a typical Apple customer would do. And so because of all that, because of the uncertainty around COVID, uncertainty around the stimulus, believe it or not, a lot of money of the stimulus, that $1,200 check that people get, a lot of it goes back into Apple products. I mean, we've, we've done surveys around it. That is definitely a boost. With all that uncertainty, with the timing of the launch, I think it was a pretty easy excuse for Apple not to guide. I think they certainly could have, um, but I think they just chose not to guide. And I, and I think we will go back to guidances uh, once everything settles back to normal. Uh, Harsha, are you maintaining your overweight here and your price target of uh, 135? We actually love the stock. We love the stock simply because of the fact that this is a complete misunderstanding this morning. It's an easy chance for you to get an extra 5% on the stock. Um, there's no reason for the stock to be down. China is fully explainable. Their commentary is fully explainable about the iPhone being um, you know, off in the September quarter and possibly not being up double digits. Look at the rest of the business. They are killing it on the rest of the business. The, the iPads, the Macs, everything. Harsh Dennis Stick here. I just wanted to ask your thoughts on the Amazon report real fast here too, because those numbers, those headline numbers look awesome. Stock got an initial 100 point pop, gives it all back and is now down 50. Thoughts on the Amazon numbers? So so my bad, I don't cover Amazon. Oh, you don't? Amazon, yeah, sorry. Okay, sorry, Harsh. Uh, any other thoughts on, on, on any other stocks in your coverage that, that I've reported here this year, Harsh? I mean, just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> all, all, all I'll say is it's been a busy 36 hours, massive deals in the chip sector, yep. you know, um, the, um, uh, the Xilinx deal with AMD. And then, uh, yesterday Marwell buying, um, Infi getting into the optical space. So it seems like deal making is alive and well, and the bigger, bigger getting bigger in the um, in the semiconductor space. Uh, but well, there's nobody quite as big as Apple, and we love the report that they put up, and we would be buying the stock this morning. Just in general, and I, I mentioned this yesterday with these companies doing these big acquisitions. I, I don't I don't just don't know how that settles with me. Are they are they doing it just because man, like oh man, our stock shouldn't be here. We're going to need growth. We, if you know if things slow down, we need an excuse. I say, hey, the merger didn't go well. Uh, I mean, it's good they're putting their stock to use, but uh, you know that the, the takeovers here really are in in the sector. Just wanted to get your comments on that before we let you go. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes into an M and A deal. So the okay. two parties have to agree. They have to agree at the right time. You can't have one agreeing at one point and the other coming down at the other point. Both have to. I mean, everything has to go right. Party A, Party B, both have to be in agreement. The timing has to be right. The stock price has to be right. The businesses have to be right. The regulatory environment has to be right. So. Um, the two deals that we saw that were pretty big uh, over the last 36 hours in semiconductor space, and this is all public, we've written about this, um, both were actually pretty strategic deals. Uh, so let's start with the one with Marvell and Infi. The data center is becoming very optical-centric, and uh, the optical guys are getting involved earlier in the data center. So Marvell bought Infi because Infi can get them into the data center. Infi is deep into the data center. They can pull Marvell with them. On the flip side, Marwell can pull Infi into the 5G infrastructure category for, for revenue growth. So deal is immediately accretive, people like that. So that was rational number one, strategic asset you acquire. On the um, Xilinx AMD deal, it's sort of similar metric. AMD is sort of weak in the data center. Xilinx is very strong. AMD is nobody in the 5G infrastructure. Xilinx is very strong. Um, and you know, there'll always be a need for those guys. Uh, very strong in the connectivity with SmartNIC SolarFlare deals. So that was the reason for, for doing that deal. Plus, I, hey, I mean, immediately accretive fixes the gross margin problem that AMD has had for a while. All right. Harsh Kumar is a senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. Harsh, thanks a lot for the time today. I know you've had a busy uh, day or and a half, so we appreciate a few minutes of your time. Thank you. Thanks, Harsh. Okay, guys. All right, guys, let's go over the price action here just in Apple since we covered it, uh, covered the numbers, covered uh, hard yep. on it. But let, let's go to the chart and let's talk about the actual price action here. Uh, what, was the, what was the straddle? Anybody know? Off, I can go look at it. I'll go look it up. I don't does have anybody know? I do not know. Top of my head, I don't know. I, I can pretty much guarantee it's probably more than four bucks, though. Uh, 
man, the thing was just relentless yesterday going up. It was like uh, also with the other big uh, Amazon, too. It's like it had to go up yesterday. Like people had to be long into the report. And I don't know, or shorts covering, being nervous. But uh, you had a good day yesterday. Uh, you show gave us, back the gains. Show us your charts. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see here. You can see the day that it had yesterday. And then I'll give you the pre-market high and pre-market low or after hours uh, levels. Uh, right here, after hours, 116. It was pretty much straight down. Tried to find the bottom. Right now, your pre-market low uh, comes in at 108.70. So you're a couple bucks above that. Uh, let's use that as uh, as support if we take it out. And then I'll just give you right here, just above a 111. You got a little bit of a seller here, 111 and a quarter. So 109, 111, that's your early range. And then I think what I probably should have done on this uh, before the report is just take a look at, you know, you had that all-time high after the split. I believe that was 137 and change. And then you came down and you made a low at 103.07. Mid-range was 119 and a quarter. You did get through it on the uh, new iPhone release, uh, but that turned out to be a pretty good sale in the rear view mirror. So I caught 120. I want to look for this to go back up and, you know, test that all-time high and it's got some work to do to get above 121st. Triple D, any technical comments? I'm just what was holding I've had Apple forever. I'm holding on. Yeah, one report like that. Harsh seemed to be pretty Not, pretty not much. This too. is not your story of the day. Nope. This is- this has actually been quiet trading. So what about down five bucks? <laughs> Too quiet. Yeah, there's, a, there's, there's a destruction happening in certain stocks. So let's you know. get to some destruction. I mean, Google's man. up a hundred bucks here too. So I own them all. I own, I own Google, Amazon, Apple. I just own Facebook, but I sold too soon. I own Twitter. I basically, my whole portfolio reported, <laughs> but I mean, everybody's portfolio reported, right? Cause everybody owns these stocks. Yeah, you want to go to Google? Uh, we'll go to Alphabet here. They also yeah. blew it away. YouTube. Uh, can't believe mm-hmm. that. I guess, surprise, surprise, uh, uh, online sales is a good business to be in. Uh, EPS, uh, sorry, $16.40 versus an $11.21 estimate sales of $46.1 versus $42.8 billion. Uh, yeah, uh, Google Play uh, subscriptions good. YouTube subscriptions good. Um it was a good report across the board. Uh, let's see. Uh, use, uh, YouTube uh, advertising topped five billion for the very first time, up thirty-two percent year over year. YouTube YouTube uh, sales were over five billion. Yeah, they paid one point five billion dollars for that. They had it on yeah, CNBC yesterday. One point yeah. five. That's got to be one of the best purchases ever. Yeah, scooping up YouTube for one and a half billion dollars. You think of like Snapchat and stuff going for this bloody YouTube. They bought it for one and a half billion. Google's just, you know, it, it doesn't get any love. People don't talk about it much, but man, this company just has it all figured out. I mean, they monopolize search. They made it a verb. They've got so many other businesses that are just awesome. They know how to buy value like with YouTube. I mean, you think about companies like General Electric that do it all wrong. And then you have companies like Google that do it all right. Why would I want to put my money anywhere else? I will stay with Google. I've been in it for I don't even know how many years now. My my cost base is two hundred and fifty dollars, so you can figure out a long time ago. Um, it's an awesome stock. Seventeen eighteen fifty two. Let's call that seventeen twenty. Uh, that's got back near the old time high. Uh, seventeen oh nine seventy one was that high. The old time high seventeen thirty three. Just the way it's looking here now, I, I I would just use seventeen to seventeen twenty as a sell zone. I mean, I mean, just if you're you're day trading or you happen to pay, I, I don't know if you made any money on like the sixteen fifty calls if you happen to take them, but uh, that's what it looks like to me. Just uh, technical and where to buy this thing on a pullback. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Sixteen twenty was a low after you made the high, but I'm just throwing darts on that one. What about Facebook here? This was an interesting report. Facebook, too. Oh my Lord. So, yeah, uh, the headline numbers were all good. EPS, very big beat, $2.71 versus a $1.91 estimate. Sales also beat 21.4 versus $19.8 billion. Daily active users uh, up to $1.82 billion, up 12% year over year. Uh, and that, that DAU number, that, that number grew across the board, except 
in America, their daily active users in America actually fell. Uh, and I am uh, proud to say that I contributed to that fall last quarter. Huh. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, the numbers fell to uh, two from 256 million last quarter to 255 million uh, or I, two quarters ago to last quarter. So they actually, their DAUs actually fell in the U S and grew everywhere else. It's chopped around. There's not nothing here either. It really chopped around in the initial number. It's been chopping around after hours here too. It's kind of down with the overall market, but there's no real action here. So this is quiet. Uh, I, and I, I'll just stick with this area here. I mean, you did get through it on the headline number, but you just have to respect all these highs in the same area. If in fact you could rally five, six bucks, ah, uh, man, the the highs are really from like two eighty three, eighty three sixty was yesterday's high, but eighty three sixty all the way up to eighty five. I look at that as a sell zone. Uh, yesterday's low. If you want to buy it at yesterday's low, you might easily get a shot at that 73.78 and then 67.26. But kind of a trading range in this one, too, a little bit higher, like 260 has kind of been the bottom of your range. And let's call it 282, 283. That's been the top of the range. All right. Next. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. You want to do ATVI? I yeah, mean- sure. Give Activision some, some. It got killed on the number, and then it came back. So this yep. was really down. They really hammered this down under seventy. It's into the seventy-two handle, sure and they did. brought it back. I'm going to tell you, the video game makers, I think, are all buys on pullbacks. So if I'm buying anything, I own pretty much all of them except Activision Blizzard. I should have been back out there. I sold this at eighty. Should have rebought it maybe last night at seventy-three. Uh, but I own the Take Two. I own the EA. I own the Zynga. I own the Glue Mobile. It's pretty much the only one that I don't own. Um, I want to own them all. I don't think video games are going away. I think this is still something that works in a pandemic. I think it's something that works not in a pandemic. Um, I like all the video game makers. EA has been absolutely slaughtered from where it was. So significant pullback here. If I didn't already own it, I would probably buy it here. Take two is held up. It's still, I think take two is still best of breed. Activision Blizzard, you know, buy the dips. You know, there's people underneath demand here. So for those same reasons. So I'm not surprised that the stock actually rallied back. Uh, well, it did the little discount there when you got under 73 bucks. But I think first things first, now you traded up from that level. I'd respect to see what happens at 66 on a pullback here, or 76, uh, two daily lows. I don't know what, that was part of the tech wreck uh, in September. And you came down, you put it in a pair of lows right around 76, 75, 88, and 75, 92. So there, that's what I'm looking at for support. And then on a day like this, after you drop that low, you have to respect the closing prices, resistance. Maybe someone took it on long. Oh, I just want to get out at the mark. And uh, your mark comes in at 77.77. So that's what I'm looking at for resistance here in ATVI. Let's yeah, see. The, you had, uh, I just want to cover yesterday's action over stock because it goes <laughs> to show you. Um, you guys are going to like sometimes- this one. Sometimes you think there's a good, you know, number here and you're buying. But again, we've been talking about this and the fade trade has continued to work in a lot. And obviously, you know, in Pinterest, but even in Pinterest, it worked yesterday because it started to fade eventually too. So this market, the fade trade has been working. I love the fade market. I think Joel does too. Um, so it's a good trading market. It's not a good investing market right now. And you think, oh yeah, overstock numbers are pretty good. This is what we're going to buy. It was up 10 bucks. They not only gave back the $10 and it went down another $10. So this candle and OSTK is awful now. This is everybody is trapped. You know, Jeremy Newsom talks about it. They trapped everyone on this. Everyone who thought this was a good report, I'm going to buy this stock. It went straight down in like a line and never even gave you much of a bounce. So you have so many people caught in overstock here now um $60 Kenny Glick tweeting out last night uh, it was funny I just laughed and I had to retweet it um he says the queues are uh, the queues all-time highs in for the next 18 months and overstock in W to zero that was his <laughs> that's Kenny though we have Kenny on here lots of times he's awesome um 60 bucks is critical for this stock to hold and it is challenging it right now, right now. as we speak if it does not hold 60 dollars 
Katie bar the door, this story will not even be cooled off. It will be completely broken. So I would not want to own this stock because that candle is awful. I do not think the stock bounces back. I know a lot of people are buying the dip here on Overstock, thinking it bounces back. But you have so many people caught from yesterday. You have everybody who's caught the last three months. It's halved since August. I think the pain trade is still in store here for OSTK. Sorry. Ah, uh, boy, this thing has a history of volatility, right? Oh, it's it had, crazy. It had, yeah, it had that run up in uh, 17 when it, it was associated with Bitcoin, right? And then it got to 253. And uh, boy, that one analyst, I don't know where it was. I keep, hate to bring it up, but right when they were at that high 120, 130, oh, the new technology, this is the takeaway of the world technology or whatever, kaplooey. Uh, I wrote my article stock of the day on this one and man, it was tough because I'm like, Oh, you know, I like to put a little price action in there. And it was like, uh, as the new low, I said, I just said, continue to make new lows on the day. If you're with, this is a really interesting chart. I'm not stepping out to buy it here, but it had a big gap up day and it get earned. Uh, it gave some guidance, I believe, or I think it had earnings and it blew it away and it gapped up and you kind of gap to fill down to 6194. So if you've been waiting for that gap to fill, then I'd go ahead and uh, rate on a short or whatever on a register. A lot of times you see them go back to the area of a gap and then do a little bit of reversal. So I think a lot of shorts will want to be bringing it in there. Uh, and you could tell there's a little bit of a lazy buyer there. Pre-market love comes in at it's big 50, level. 59 even. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not pounding it through 60, thinking I'm getting 56, 57. Yeah, like it, and it had a huge candle, but I think eventually it does take out the 60 and goes lower. Yeah. So I don't know if it does it today, though. Yep, not uh, not not not, uh, not recommended. They want to talk Neo time. in the chat. I and you talk do, too. Neo. Good job. Oh, it's just been, I don't have a lot of stocks that just keep going up, but this one is one of them. I'm still long my Neo. Yes, I bought it at $18 when it was Consolidation Station back in September. And this chart, man, this is what it does. It gaps up, it consolidates for a month. It gaps up, it consolidates for a month. It gaps up, consolidates for a few weeks. Gaps up, consolidates for a few weeks. Gaps up, probably going to go into consolidation for a few weeks. I mean, this pattern is just awesome because it just continues here. So why, you know, am I going to jump in and say that, you know, okay, I'm going to sell it now because this pattern, the trend is your friend. And I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, the reason I'm in this story here is that you got Tesla, the pure ev maker and you got neo and you have a lot of other wannabes you have a lot of other companies like fisker and that are coming but they're not there yet they're still in conceptual stage so neo is making making cars and selling cars so electric cars so the story still remains intact story still remains hot as hell way hotter than the tesla story so at least for now so does it continue it's still to be determined obviously but um it's it's had a nice run i'm sticking with it as long as this pattern keeps holding okay and uh you made a new all-time high yesterday uh by a wide margin which is always a good thing just kind of gapped up right above those highs just keep an eye on the closing price right there'll be a little bit of resistance there people oh i should have sold at 32 it closed at 31.99 so see if you get see if you get this pattern again uh dennis was talking about it it's happened gap up consolidation this is longer consolidation it likes to consolidate. So let's see if it does here. I don't see it blasting the 35 today, but anything can happen. Uh, they want uh, Carvana in the chat. So let's do CVNA. Uh, they had earnings yesterday uh, as well. After the market closed, they lost 10 cents per share last quarter versus a 33 cent loss estimate. So they beat that number. Revenue $1.54 billion is a very slight beat. For Carvana on the on the overall revenue. Tough stock, um, tough call here. I would be cautious chasing it. I wouldn't want to get Shopified on this. And obviously, I was oh. dead right on Shopify yesterday. It was trading ten fifty five in the pre market. I said I would sell it because I think the story could cool off. And you know, the valuation obviously is extreme. But we started seeing the Momo start to get smacked. Shopify was a snapback rally there from the day before. They turned around and they started hitting it after 930 and they never stopped hitting and it was down 75 points from where I talked bearish about it yesterday morning at this time. 
So I don't know if this is going to pull a Shopify, but I don't know that it's not. If I was in it, I'm, I'm too scared to short it, but I would lean, if I was in it, I would sell it. Um, yeah. For the same reason, I think you got some overhead supply 200. It could be one of those that gets funny though. Carvana is a crazy little you know stock, so it could do some funny things too. That's why I don't have the guts to short it. But um, it's a wild stock. It, it is. Yeah. So you got to see what it does in the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes of the real trading, 930 to 940 is going to be the tell. They open this thing up like 199 and it starts to go down. Look out. If they open up at 199, it can kind of hold there for a few minutes, stabilize, and then start to get up over 200. Then, you know, it could go the other way. So the first 10 minutes is going to be the tell on this one. I would just uh, write out 190 to 210 on this one. Uh, 190. I mean, you had the gap. That was the Goldman Goose back uh, back in September. <laughs> I like that, the Goldman Goose. <laughs> Thank That's you. a good one. And uh, and then Dennis got the lunch bet when it went to 240 and change, new all time high. And then it came back in, and three times you've just bounced off 190. I see 190. 190.20 yesterday, 190.42 on the 22nd, 191.02 on the 21st. So above there, yeah, good to go north, 210. I think if you're going to want to target on the upside, 210, that was your three-day high. It was actually 209.95. All right, uh, PJ dropped us a super chat to ask about NVR. Let's, let's look at that one. Oh, I hold. I don't even trade it anymore because it's just the stock price is just too high. So, I mean, these $4,000 stocks oh, trade man. with 10 point spreads. They're so hard to get in and out of, you know, like just within reasonableness. I mean, this thing is just, you know, with, with the way the market structure is, it's so hard to trade $4,000 stocks. And yeah, you can trade them with 10 shares, but I don't like giving up a 10 point edge, even though on a percentage basis, it's not that much. I still don't like doing it because it's a 10-point spread here all the time. And we know with, with the way the market structure is, it's hard to not pay the spread. If you just want to talk pure technicals on it, 3,800 is your number. That's the number that the stock, I, I don't know if there's a news or anything on it. It's not trading actively here this morning, so I'm assuming there's not. 3,800 is the number that this absolutely needs to hold. It's good that it held it two days ago, got down to 3,868 and bounced out of there. That's the critical level support. Uh, what <laughs> it trades 20,000 shares. Well, it's a $4,000 stock. What is, what is it? What is it? I have no idea. I what don't is... know either. So I have, I have traded it before, believe it or not, but I don't know what they do. Yeah. What they do. Oh, wait, what is NVR? NVR? Yeah. I don't even know what it does. Uh, they're discretionary. They're like, um, something to do with like home building, but I'm not quite sure. what. They should, someone should tell are. them to, uh, to split their stock. They're the parent of a company engaged in home construction, also operates a mortgage banking and title services business. It's from Google. Okay. There we go. Um, uh, home well, building just, and mortgage banking. So they're home builder. Um, I'll just say for this one, I, I like that Dennis's 3,800 support. Uh, let's see. If, I'm looking at, let's see, you have uh, one, one of two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have nine lower highs here. So a couple of them bunching up here at like 40, 85, or no, 40, 85, 40, 90. So I'd use that as a resistance. And maybe if you pop above 4,100, but uh, you've got to break that string of uh, of lower highs, at least for this thing to turn around. But uh, tough, yeah. Tough stock. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, I don't trade four thousand dollars stocks. Well, I didn't even know what. Yeah, trade twenty thousand shares. Those. I don't trade four thousand dollars stocks. All right, let's bring on our final guest of the week and wrap this week up right. Jason Rasnick is the CEO of Benzinga, joining us now. Jason, good morning. Yeah, I don't know if I can wrap this thing up right, guys. I mean, this is <laughs> a tough, a tough week all around. I mean, I know like people have been trimming and selling some shares, but. You're never going to sell all your shares. Can you see me okay? Yeah. yeah, we see you. We hear you. So what have you been doing this week? So, I mean, I, I trimmed some of my stuff. Like I, I, I talked about like Penn National and uh, a few of the casino stocks. Some, some of my high flyers I trimmed. Um, I didn't trim my um, – I did not trim my Zoom more than I already did, the one-third that I took out at 390. Um, my Tesla, I really didn't do much there. I stayed, I stayed in that one. But, uh, you know, some of the other ones that – I trimmed where um, some of my lithium yesterday was up a lot. So I took a little more off on that one. 
Um, I took, um, I'm going to take a couple other ones. I made some buys. I trimmed on Monday because I was like, I felt like the market's going to continue to go down and I wanted to have some dry powder. And I didn't have dry powder because I was, I was so on margin. And so I'm off margin completely. So I was, the stuff that I here, I'll tell you what I bought and sold. I'll give you guys trades because I know that's what people want. Um, let's go. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to my, my list or I could even show my accounts. Okay. So here's what I did. Um, I bought some protection earlier in the week as, as Spencer knows, but it really hasn't done that much. I bought the TWM. Can you put that up on the chart? TWM. Yeah, this is the this is the inverse Russell ETF, right? By the way, I gotta say, Spencer, you're looking you're looking good. That light and everything. You're looking I got, good. Yeah, I got a new light. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the TWM is the is the the inverse Russell 2000. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? I bought a little TWM to uh, as, as a protection. I don't know. So I bought some of that. Not much. I sold some of my uh, Cure Leaf. So I love Cure Leaf. C U R L F. C-U-R-L-F. But, but I have to say this, and people are asking me, well, why did I, if, if I believe in Curaleaf, why would I sell? Well, I also believed in lithium, and I kept buying as it went down. I started, as Joel knows, buying lithium at 12, and then I bought all the way to four, and then my average buy was five. My issue here was lithium, we were, I was looking for a catalyst of uh, electric cars growing. Most people didn't think they would grow as fast as I thought, so I kept that position. My thing with Curaleaf, the catalyst right now is the November 3rd election. And so everyone's speculating on that. So there's a lot of money in there that's scared money that doesn't really get cure relief. So I want to get out a little bit. I mean, I still own some, but I wanted to get out because there's a lot of scared money and I knew that they would sell off. So I sold it early in the week. I kept a little bit because I don't like I, positions that I like. I don't like getting rid of, rid of them completely. I like having it. So it's in my portfolio. Um, a couple other things that I got out of the container store, um, like I, I sold more Del Taco. I sold more Unity Gaming. Um, let's see if I put any buys in. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Did you I buy bought, any individual stocks? Yeah, I did. I bought some Asana, ASAN. Oh, you were talking about that one for a while. Yeah, I, I bought some ASAN. That's right at the lows. I mean, you're buying right out of key levels. So 2290 yeah. wants to hold there. So I can't argue with you. It takes that out. It gets a little bit scary, though. It, it, yeah, totally. And, um, and you know, I bought GBTC a couple of weeks ago. I bought that at uh, what price is that? Fourteen twenty nine. Um, but uh, and then the Sana guys, I, it's not one jolt. I mean, Dennis, that I'm looking for a huge spike right away. It reminds me of a lithium long term play. It reminds me of Slack. Dennis, if it if it go, falls another ten percent, I'm going to buy more Sana. I'm trying to buy it in three increments. It was like I mean, you I like would, this long term investment in this thing? Yes, yes, yes. Not a trade. Not a trade. And and I I've been trading around a little bit. So. Um, I mean, Dennis, you see in the market, the down market like this, you're still making money, right? Yeah, I do very well trading. It's a, I'm not making money in my investment portfolio. My investment portfolio is long, so it goes down with the overall market. My trading account, I make more money when there's volatility like this because there's more inefficiencies. Right. So okay. I, I do. I'm, I'm very correlated. My personal trading is very correlated with the VIX. When the VIX is up down at 20, it goes to 40. I'm usually making twice as much as I am when I'm 20. So it, it just moves around the VIX. When the VIX is over 30, I'm doing really well. Typically, I'm doing really well. Got it. And then, you know, in our the show after this, the premium show, but um, you'll explain more of that. But yeah, so I've been just trying to, on my long-term portfolio, I've just been trimming some different things. But guys, there's certain stocks that I really like. Like I still own Peloton. I still own Suburban Propane, SPH. I still own I like TRS, too. I, uh, Tesla, I own Twilio, Upwork. So Fiverr had great earnings. It went up that day. They had great earnings. The next day it sold off. So I've been thinking about making another buy of Upwork. There's a good chance I'm going to buy some more Upwork today. Um, and I may be buying some puts of Zoom today as protection against my Zoom position. Real quick, hey, Raz, I just wanted to um, – I'm going to hop off here right now. Uh, Emily is covering – Trump is in uh, uh, here making his speech, and Emily is covering it for oh, Bloomberg. So oh, I, I am the nice. getaway driver, and uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. So I'm going to hop off right now. I'll let Raz and uh, Joel, Dennis... you're le He's leaving us for more important things. Okay. Yeah, my daughter. So I'll check well, in with a, you guys. Joel's a big fan of Trump, so, yep, go say fine. hi, right? Fine. All right, Joel. Um, All right, I'll right. check in with you guys. Uh, Have fun. Be careful, afternoon Joel. show. I'll be there. Okay. Bye. Be careful, Joel. Good luck. Yeah, Joel's the getaway driver. Yeah, um, I love that. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, and, and so I'm going to buy puts on Zoom today. 
just uh, some protection because I own a decent amount of stock in it. And then VSTO, guys, I'm long and strong in VSTO. Um, staying long and strong. It's held up well. That's held up yes. well, too, considering the market's sold off. Like, I like it. You know what? And this is a good pick because, you know, same reason like I like Neo yesterday, I was saying on the show. I'm like, Neo's been holding up. The market's been selling off, and Neo doesn't want to go down. And that's yeah. why, you know, it turned around yesterday. As soon as the market shows a little bit of life, Neo leads the charge. I mean, this VSTO, obviously not as well known stock. But so it might not leave the charge, but same thing. It's holding up well. So it's telling you there's, you know, there's pressure from the overall market here, but this stock doesn't want to go down for some reason. So I kind of like those stocks. That's what I like trading is, you know, something that's holding up well in a down tape, because then when the market turns, that's going to be one that could lead higher. You know what else is holding up? Well, check out this one. Put up up a chart for GNRC, Generac. Well, the stock's just awesome. Hurricane season. Hurricane season, too. And it's an awesome stock. You guys I mean, know when I bought it, I bought calls in the stock. And I made so much more. I mean, the stock, the calls went up. It's been one of your stock. better ones for sure. And, and I and I kept, the, I, I I never, guys, I've never bought calls. And they were up so much money. And I just, instead of exercising and selling what the people told me to do, I kept them. I kept the stock. So I, I have this stock. It's up, you know, and I, I love it. It's one of my bigger positions. Like I love it. I have on the stock. You bought calls, they and then you exercised the calls and kept the stock. Yeah, well, yeah. So I, I did. So I had. Let's say I had four calls. I exercised and made the money on three of the calls, and then I kept one call, which resulted in one a hundred shares. I think yeah. that's what it was. Um, and then yes, I kept the stock, and then I I saw yes, I kept hundred stock. But as a market, a few weeks ago, I sold twenty percent of the position at 190. So I have 80% of that position left, um, which I'm not going to sell for a long, long time. Um, GAN guys, I saw you ask about GAN. I still own GAN. It's been, this is the one that I've egg in my face on. This is the one that I'm sorry, guys. You know, I love the thing behind the thing. I love the thing behind the thing. I've asked for months now to get the CEO on the show because I still don't understand the whole business. Why with increased gambling and they, they take a cut of the rake of what the, each transaction is, why this isn't getting a little bit more play. So, you know, I am down on GAN. I'll tell you that right now. I'm down on GAN and I'm, and I'm still a believer in the company, but I, I got to take um, another look at this one. I'm, I mean, listen, it's, it's at a certain point. Do you just say I yeah. got the story wrong and move on or yes. are you one that's going to hold on to it? You know, and at a certain point you'll, you're, you'll cut bait if you, if it's, you know, 12 is my story you dennis you so i've learned the hard way but i've also learned so when you know the story really well i mean i was buying peloton 40 30 22 yeah. 26 i kept it i knew the story really well gan i know the story about how the technology works i think there's gonna be some vertical integration where companies are gonna buy some of the gans competitors and i thought that's gonna help it but if gan breaks the 13 to 12 then i'm just like you know throwing in the towel because there's something else saying here i, I but but before i do that dennis I will make sure that I talk to like the industry analyst the, you know, that covers it. And I also will make sure I try to reach out to company executives for an interview for Benzinga because there's, there should be something here more. I mean, there's in this secular trend of online gaming, but yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the stock is not performing. Um, can, uh, in the last three, in the, in the last three years, Gan is like my worst pick that I've ever been associated Jason, with. Uh, remind me, what was your natural gas play again? SPH, I'm in it too. SPH, okay. Yeah, it, I I bought it at 16 on that pullback that it just had because Jason talked about it and he, I know he's been long. I think you were in it from like 15, weren't you, Jason? Before it broke out uh, back SPH. in like September. I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I bought it. I got my little chart here. I bought it at 1460. Okay, so yeah, so 1460, and then it had the big move up to 18. I was like watching this because I kind of liked the story too, and you told the story on the show. So I was waiting for a pullback and finally got the pullback in you know mid-October, and I struck and I bought it at 16, and then it quickly ran to 18. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Now it came all the way back in. So it's got another pullback here again. But you like it for the story. I like it for the story. Not a long-term investment for, for a, you know a swing trade here because I think people are going to need propane. So I still think that's the case. Restaurants want to stay open. It's getting cold, cooler outside. They're going to need propane. Totally. I, I sold 10% of the position earlier this week or 12% because it was whatever. 12%. I, I love these I, little 12% sell, 10% well, I went, sell. <laughs> I went really, you take advantage of that free trade, don't you, Jason? I do. I do. <laughs> I do. He says, I abuse the free trade. 
Yeah, I went I went pretty big in SPH. I got to say because I was annoyed because my my hit ratio, as you know, has been pretty good the last six months, like on yeah. big gains. And so my biggest thing that I was upset with is why aren't I going bigger in these stocks? Why aren't I going bigger? So I went pretty big in there. Another stock that I went big on, guys, is Crocs. I've been trimming a little bit. We had some numbers. We're up 9%, 10%. But, guys, I'm looking for the 20% gainers, all right? I, I, they had earnings, a catalyst that I was looking for happen. So, therefore, I trimmed it. I'm still owning um, some of the shares. I mean, I'm owning 50% of the position. But I, my catalyst was earnings. It happened. I got the win. I moved on. I still kept some money in the account. Again, reason why I didn't hold the whole, the whole position is because I wanted to move off margin because I didn't like the market and I wanted to uh, conserve a little bit more cash to pounce on some stuff. And I, again, I keep still taking the old man approach a little bit, buying some dividend stocks. Like, you know, I'm buying some REITs, I'm buying some, my Wendy's. Like I, I love my, I love getting dividends. Like I, I love getting dividends. It's uh, more the most underrated thing in the market. It's nice to get paid. It's nice to get paid. And listen, I, again, like guys, I know there's a mentality, the market just goes straight up, but there's going to be times when the market's not going straight up and there's going to be stuff where you got to trade around and buy some protection. You know, and like there's times when David Einhorn, one of the smartest hedge fund managers in the world, and he, trust me, he is very smart. Like I've talked to him and I've been down 50% in a year and didn't buy protection. It's like you regret what you didn't do. And you can, it's so hard to sell at the high. It's so hard to buy at the lows. So you don't want to go too crazy. You buy certain positions that you feel, you know, very confident, but they don't happen overnight. I mean, I've owned Del Taco guys from twelve to four dollars, now back to nine or ten dollars, and it's up. You know, for me, it's up a um, hundred and three percent because I bought it all the way down to three seventy actually, and it's at TACO. But I bought it at twelve dollars, and uh, and like I put it all the way up there. I bought it high, and I was down so much for a year. A year, I was down so much, and. I believed in the story there, Dennis, and I understood the business. I knew how many stores I had. I knew the model. I knew what they made per store. I knew the market was undervaluing it to the point that I reached out to a private equity guy to buy the whole company. Um, <laughs> you were trying to talk me into it. <laughs> yeah, this guy Brian, who I should Go bring buy our... taco. Well, yeah, it was a three. It was uh, it was an undervet. Someone should have taken this out at three seventy for what they make per store per unit. So I stayed. It's the example that you asked about Gan. I just want to be clear on this stuff. So. On Del Taco, I understood it. I knew what the, the intrinsic value was, what it was worth for a private equity to buy it. Gan, the issue that I have is the more the more um, distribution partners Gan has, the more money they make, not just because on recurring fees, but on getting a cut at the rake. And so I don't see maybe they, they went public at too high of a valuation. I got to get into it more before I throw in the towel. Or if I can really get into it really deep right now, and if I can get on a call with some analysts, then it may be a thing where I'll double up on GAN if it goes to 12. But right now, I'm, you know, I'm really disappointed. Let's go back to the taco story for a second here because I just look at this and I'm just thinking, you know, comparisons just came to me. I mean, how is this really different than Chipotle? How, how is Because Chipotle is a stock that they're willing to pay any multiple for. It goes up, up, up. You know, how is Del Taco... Um, you know, a lot worse than Chipotle because when you look at it from a valuation perspective, it doesn't even compare. So like Del Taco yeah, was a so, lot cheaper. Uh, so Del Taco was the Taco Bell model, but like they said, more variety and people, you know, maybe a little cheaper. I certainly think it, Del Taco could have been a Chipotle. It's totally execution. The, the, the CEO they have came from one of these places, but to me, they should hire the freaking CEO or chief of staff from Delta from Chipotle have another brand with it and execute like crazy. Like that's why I wanted to buy Del Taco as a company at 359. I believe if I was CEO or chairman or whatever involved, I could make this Del Taco go to 50. Like this is, I don't understand. When I, when I believe that it's like, I, I, so I, uh, I can't get in every company, but the, it, it's not Dennis. I mean, the, the chart is the chart, the chart is like, I mean, it's, it's, it's execution. I don't know. Like I, I, I it's, it's a frustrating one. Cause I literally think thought this one could be a $30 stock. I just look at Del Taco and I always look at market caps and sometimes you got to look at what's a company worth. And, you know, and you look at Chipotle, Chipotle is worth $35 billion. Del Taco is worth 283 million. Could Del Taco continue to expand and start to eat some of the Chipotle margin? I don't know if that I'm, I'm just, I, I, I haven't done any research at all and I don't know, maybe they're completely different, but I 
do believe that they're both fast food Mexican restaurants, are they not? Yeah, like, no. But, but I've never been to a Del Taco. I've been to a Chipotle, but I've never been to a Del Taco. Del Taco is lower end by 5X, okay, than a Chipotle. But they could have it's another premium brand. But what I was going to say to you is Del Taco was 180 or 170 million in three months ago. That's when I wanted to buy it out. But um, and we should have moved faster on it. But um, <laughs> it was about a no-brainer. Uh, if I know I could have branded branded Benzinga tacos. I, I can see it now. No, if I would have moved faster and gotten some of the billionaires and involved and got my guy who I know would love this up, we could have done it. But I, you know, we got, we're doing Benzinga. We hey, speaking of that, hit the like button. Give Dennison, um, give Dennison Spencer a like. Give us a share. Um, follow me on Twitter at Jason Rasnick. If you have a brokerage account send your brokerage account that we'd love to see more benzinga news send me a screenshot at jason at benzinga.com and i'll send you swag um this week guys listen it's not going to all be straight up and if dennis or spencer and i knew that the market's gonna be up two thousand points tomorrow i mean on next week we'd tell you to buy calls on a bunch of different stocks it's hard to predict all that stuff mr market is hard to control in the short term but you just got to watch for your entry points and what dennis has said over the months Every time was a dip, was a buying point. But there's at some point you gotta like know that things may slow down for a little bit, just a little bit. And you want to buy good companies like my Penn Nationals and DraftKings. And you stash not DraftKings. I sold my calls on those. They're high flying stocks, so I took those ones off that are high flying right now, and I'll buy them another time because I'd rather not risk like once the market's gonna take a downturn. I'm trying to buy good companies that there's a much less chance in a market downturn they're gonna get hurt. So that's the way I look at it. But I still, but but having said that, having said that, I still own Twilio. I still own Tesla. I still own, um, you know, BSTO. I own work. I own Zoom, but I'm buying some puts potentially on Zoom uh, this morning. Yeah, SPY has gone nowhere in three months. So there's nothing wrong with a little sideways action after the rally we just had. I couldn't have said all that better myself, uh, Jason, as far as hitting the like and the subscribes and the sharing and all that stuff. We appreciate all that. I know we didn't get to all the questions in the chat. I apologize. I've written a few of the ones I wanted to cover down. We'll cover those. Uh, if not at the afternoon show, then definitely uh, at some point in the next few days. I want to thank both our guests today, both Jason uh, and uh, Harsh Kumar from Piper Sandler. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your trading day. We'll, we'll be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time, or at least Joel and I will be. And until then, everyone have a, uh, have a good day and good luck out there. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.